Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Ellen and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Ellen and Aaron. All right, so welcome to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Definitely glad that you're joining us here tonight. Sorry about the technical difficulties there, but the great thing is we have a fantastic show for you tonight. We're going to go ahead, and tonight's sponsor is none other than Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addictive, you may need a support group. So definitely check floridabarbecue.com. Check it out. Some great barbecue sauce. And definitely want to thank Chef G for being our sponsor tonight. And tonight we have a, a great show for you. I'm Alan from the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. My co-host Aaron is actually traveling this weekend from Atlanta. So he's actually going to be on the road. He's going to join us later tonight. And we have a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to have a great show for you. We do have a special guest joining us. His name is none other than Bruce Gellin. He's going to be talking NBA playoffs, predictions, and recent controversy surrounding Bronny James. Bruce has a lot to say. So he's going to be our NBA specialist and talk to us about that. We're going to have a great time with Bruce on the show. And definitely thank you for joining us here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We also are going to talk a bit later about the NFL boxing news, too. I'm going to give you my prediction on Javante Davis and Rolando Romero prediction. And definitely, if you do want to chime in, feel free to be our guest, 516-418-5572. Again, that's 516-418-5572. Going to have a, a great, great night for you. And one of the great things about Bruce is that he's excited about coming on the show, sharing with us a lot of great things in the NBA. He's a former coach, and we're going to go through that. We're going to also talk about that topic there with uh, Bronny James. That was something that was a a big discussion in the NBA news, his prom night. I'll, I'll definitely let Bruce talk about his uh, his thoughts on that. And we're going to have a fun time tonight on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show, too. One of the great things about this week is we have Memorial Day weekend. So for those people who enjoy great barbecue, it's a good time for you to go ahead and enjoy a bottle of our sponsor barbecue sauce, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Check out him out, lbbq.com. It's flbbqsauce.com flbbqsauce.com and you can also see us on our Facebook page Alan and Aaron Sports Arc Radio Show. Once you click on that link there, it'll show his website. So without further ado, we'll go ahead and bring on Bruce Gellin. Hey, how, how you doing, doing so far tonight? 
I'm doing well. Doing well. Can't complain. Enjoying myself. Oh, that's, oh, that's glad, great. Glad to be able to join this. No, sorry, guys. I say I'm glad I'm able to join the show. Oh, that's fantastic. Bruce, we're glad that you're on the show, too. So definitely uh, really delighted to have you as our special guest tonight. It's going to be a fun time. And uh, we're going to get your NBA predictions in a a few moments. But uh, definitely, I guess we'll start with Bronny James. He, For those who don't know, he had his uh, junior-senior prom. It was something that just kept kept popping up on my news feed. It just – I mean – in between a lot of the graduation that people's having, the Bronny James that that post kept popping up with him going to the to his junior senior prom, and the contention right. was that he actually went with his prom with a white female. A lot of people felt as if he should have went with somebody that was maybe of his own color. So I wanted to get your thoughts on the 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 thoughts of Bronny James going with somebody who was white. Right, right. Yeah, so it's a, it's a very, you know, it's an interesting thing. I think, first off, we have to remember that, you know, Bronny James is 17 years old. Um, I have a 17-year-old son. Uh, so 17 years old, um, you should not be putting certain types of societal expectations on a 17-year-old boy. We shouldn't have a 17-year-old young man just because he's the son of a celebrity you know, fight some cultural battles for us. Um, that's asking too much of him um, in the first place. And when you think about the actual issue, what is really the issue? Um, you know, when you're a LeBron James, you you've reached a certain status. You're going to live in a certain zip code. Your kids are going to be around. Um, you know, going to go to certain schools um, and. You know, the fact is that there may not be that many um, African-American women or women of color in his, you know, in his natural, you know, environment on an everyday basis. You know, so if he finds someone that he likes and he wants to, you know, spend that evening with that person, um, at that point, as far as I'm concerned, it shouldn't matter what color the person is. Um, And, you know, in one sense, me and his parents, you know, uh, you know, I have a lot of respect for LeBron and, and, and his wife, um, and I would think that if they are talking to their son about, you know, what you need to do, what you need to look for, say, in a young lady, um, they're not going to start with, oh, well, you know, first thing you need to do is make sure that she's black. <clears throat> you know, um, they're, they're going to look at certain qualities, you know, does she care about you, is she honest, is, and they're going to look for certain characteristics, um, and they're, they're probably teaching him that. So um, I think we have to lay off the kid and say that if he made a decision on his own and that's who he wanted to take, the fact that she's white should be immaterial. It really just means that we're still, you know, kind of, um, you know, maybe nursing some wounds that uh, that are still there uh, that we need to kind of deal with as adults instead of trying to put that pressure on the 17-year-old boy. Yeah, I agree. I was really surprised when I actually looked at the comments and, it, their comments were very, 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 you know, eye-opening. You know, some people calling him the milkman, and it was just, it was really surprising that in this day and age, in 2022, as you mentioned, a 17-year-old boy coming into his own, you know, he, he's getting, you know, he's getting up there, and all of a sudden, he's getting criticized for just going to the prom with somebody who's white. I just, 
I just thought it was just, it was so much so that it was so negative. That's what brought it to my, to my like attention was when I looked at the comments. Right. I was, wow. It was almost, almost surprising. It was almost surprising. It was surprising and appalling at the same time. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it is surprising because, you know, he's a, he's a boy. <laughs> you know? I mean, you know, sometimes we, we might, you know, look at Instagram or look at certain things and when you see 17 year olds doing this and doing that, but he's, he's a boy. Um, and again, what did he really do wrong? What, what are we talking about? I mean, really, what are, what are we talking about? He's a boy that went to a prom with a girl. You know, he happens to be LeBron James' son. She happens to be white. So what? Um, you know, again, it's it's people who, um, I mean, you got to wonder, like, is, is that really something that we're going to get in the tizzy about in 2022? You know, yeah. of all of the things. Of all of the things that we could be, you know, kind of concentrating on, you know, it's 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 disappointing in a way, you know, that that it comes down to that. I thought Shannon Sharp did a good job when they asked him about it. Um, you know, he was pretty adamant that, you know, sometimes you just can't win. <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just can't win. If that if that's what that man wanted to do to, you know, enjoy his night. It's his prom night. He just wants to have fun, you know. Who knows? I don't know the story between him and the young lady. Who knows? But who cares? He just wanted to have fun. He took the girl to prom, and all of a sudden, it's a social media firestorm. I mean, it's 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 interesting. But again, to your point, it's it's uh, it's disappointing. Yeah, I thought Shannon Sharp. You know, props to him. He did have a great take on when they asked him that. You know, sometimes in life you just can't win. But one of the messages that he said that was that holds true that I agree with is, I hope this doesn't affect him. And I hope that he also understands the life. You got to live your life and do you. I think that's one of the great things I learned about LeBron James, his dad is you're going to make decisions and you're going to do things in life that it's not going to be popular with everybody. Not everybody's going to enjoy it or like it, but at the end of the day, if that's really what you want to achieve, no one can live in your shoes. That's what you want to do. Absolutely. And one thing I've learned is that, the right people will be happy for you. Um, you know, the, 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 the people who, um, the people who react a certain type of way, um, in one sense, they just get exposed for who they really are. Um, their reaction says a lot about them not really about him. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, uh, a, a kid like that who's high profile, especially when there's a lot of voices out there, you know, social media amplifies things. It can feel like, Oh man, you know what did I what did I do? Did I really do something wrong? You know, so hopefully he's not questioning himself. You know, like that. Um, he did he did what he wanted to do for that night. He took he was with the person who he wanted to be with, and hopefully he'll just continue to make decisions based on what he feels is good for him, um, and not what's going to you know please the crowd. <clears throat> because that's exactly what, right. If, you know, if his life ends up in shambles the crowd is not going to be there to pick them up. So, um, yeah, so I, I, I think that's the right approach. And, you know, like I said, I just think it speaks to, you know, that when that kind of a negative rea- uh, reaction happens as loudly as it does, um, you know, it's like, man, we really are having a big social media commentary about a 17-year-old kid taking a taking who happens to be a white girl to prom. Yeah, and you know that's that's the thing is that it it was 
really surprising that it got to that point that it was so negative. And, you know, I, I definitely commend him, you know, personally, I was like, you know, that's, that's fantastic. He's, you know, he dressed real sharp, <laughs> driving a real nice car. And the interesting thing is when I did some research, he didn't even have the nicest car there, even though he had like a, you know, Mercedes Benz coupe. It was, it's, mm-hmm. it's just amazing that these young kids have, you know, access to Rolls Royces and Bentleys. And, you know, I just really wanted to make sure that Bronny understands that this is stuff that you have to deal with this. Unfortunately, this is the downside of being famous is that you got to deal with mm-hmm. everything for public consumption. And to your point, right. everything's for public consumption. One of the things that came up that I didn't realize and social media did it, brought it to my attention was that they put a picture of father like son where Bronny went with his date. And back when LeBron's dad went on the prom, his date at that time was white. He didn't end up marrying a white woman. But it's just amazing how people could twist these things and make everything negative. Absolutely. As if, you know, as if LeBron somehow was not, not who he, who we know him to be because he happened to go to a prom with a white girl when he was in high school. I mean, come on. I mean, look at the person LeBron has become. He's a global icon. Um, he's married to a beautiful woman, has a beautiful family of his own. We've never seen LeBron James in a scandal ever. You know, being in the public eye since 18 years old, one of the most solid guys um, out there from that from that respect. Um, so you got to give him his credit. And nobody cared that he went to prom with a white girl, but maybe the difference was social media wasn't what it was, what it is today. Um, and maybe maybe it's a function of just how loud things can get, although he was still a popular kid, you know, during his time. But, um, you know, that's why I said I think sometimes people are just nursing, you know, kind of some old wounds um, instead of really dealing with, um, you know, whatever feelings they may have, you know, it's particularly on the race issue. I mean, again, who cares? Who cares, you know? And, and imagine if the roles were reversed. Imagine if um, it was a white guy who took a black girl to prom and there were people in the white guy's community basically having a social media firestorm about him taking a black girl to the prom. Can you imagine how we would react? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. It really truly mm-hmm. is. And society needs to do better. That's what I think. And, you know, I went to – my brother, he came here and visited here in Orlando, and he was staying at Champions Gate, really nice resort in Orlando, for those who don't know. I went there, and just coincidentally to visit him, they were having a prom at the, at the, resort, at the resort, and you couldn't really get a parking spot. There was a lot of people there, and there was a lot of couples that were there that were interracial couples. Nobody made a big deal about it. I didn't make a big deal about it, but – Bronny, for some reason, gets the negative publicity. And, and, and to be honest, here's the here's the thing. To be honest, most young people don't make a big deal about it. It is not young people who make a big deal about it. It really is adults who make a big deal about it. There's a generation of people who, again, still are feeling wounds from the past. And I'm, some of the some of it may be legitimate, right? Some of it is legitimate wounds, you know, from maybe the past in regards to the race issue. However, 
when we see our young people who are, I mean, genuinely do not see that as kind of the main thing about a person. I mean, I, you know, no, nothing fake about it. They genuinely try to look at the person and say, I'm going to judge the person based on who they are. And I think that's what's legitimately happening a lot with our young people, um, and not just black, white, black, Asian, black, Puerto Rican, white, Asian, white, you know, younger people have, you know, learned that it is not good to judge a book by its um, cover, especially when it comes to the color issue or the race issue, um, or even in terms of culture. Um, you know, so I think that young people, we can probably learn, adults probably need to learn something from young people uh, that, you know, it's it's not good to continue the fight for the sake of fighting. You know, there's, you know, let these young people, if, <laughs> if you got some gripes and grievances, you know, um, handle that in whatever area you feel like you need to handle it. But let that young man be a young man and that young woman be a young woman and, and they can they can figure out what's best for them. <clears throat> we don't have to try to figure out what's best for them for them. Exactly. You know, at the end of the day, you got to enjoy life. You have one life to live. And I'm glad he, he went ahead and had a seem like a great time as prom. I hope he didn't let the criticism get the best of him. And speaking well, of, I hope, he, I, was gonna, I hope he didn't even pay to it. I hope I hope that he heard it, saw a little bit, and shut it down so that that negativity didn't even seep into his psyche. That's what I really hope happened because that's what negativity will do. Sometimes it'll just consume you. And so, uh, but I think his parents, um, you know, are, are probably were on top of that. So. Yeah. I mean, definitely his, his father has definitely has handled plenty of negativity throughout his career and his life and, and switching gears a little bit about Bronny from the prom you have a son, 17-year-old. What do you think Bronny needs to do to position himself to, to, for his either possible collegiate career or NBA career? Yeah, Bronny, uh, he's talented. Um, I've, I've seen, you know, um, some uh, highlights, although I don't like to look at highlights as whether or not a kid is a good basketball player. Um, I used to coach AAU basketball, so I was at a tournament one time when he was there um, unfortunately did not, it was, the gym was so packed that I didn't even get a chance to see him live. It was standing room only and I couldn't even get to a place where I could see him play. But, um, uh, but from what I've seen, he seems to be skilled. He seems to have a really high IQ. His athleticism is, is, is definitely there as well. So I think he, and he obviously he's got good genes. Um, he, <laughs> yep. I think, yeah, I think he definitely has a shot. I believe, uh, I believe some, you know, a lot of colleges have already, you know, made offers to him. I believe Coach K uh, even um, uh, made an offer for him to come to Duke. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I, I believe I heard that. Um, so I, I just think that he needs to stay focused and um, and stay focused on the game itself. Um, one of the things I love about, about LeBron James and, you know, probably this generation of, of basketball players is that they um, – well, the, the smart ones, they, they recognize what's their bread and butter. Um, you know, economically, they've, they've, they've really taken off, but it's because they recognize that their bread and butter is what they do in the gym, staying dedicated to the game. And obviously with that and with the success that comes with that will come other opportunities, opportunities for endorsements, uh, business opportunities, opportunities for larger contracts. Um, you know, so, but, the, but at the core, it's got to be do you love to play the game? 
because it's competitive. It's competitive out there, and, you know, people are hungry. People are hungry for success, and, you know, you have to really be able to match that intensity, that competitive fire. Um, the skill and the talent for sure is there, um, and as long as he, you know, maintains that, you know, that competitive fire and, and has those juices flowing, then he'll maximize his potential, which, you know, with good coaching and his skill set and that fire, I think he could he could definitely be an NBA player. And um, yeah. it would be a success because of his high IQ. Absolutely. I definitely think he can make it to the NBA. And, in fact, LeBron has made made it known that the plan is for him not to leave the NBA until Bronny makes it to the NBA and they play on the same team. Do you thought, what are your thoughts on that? coming to fruition. Wow. I mean, <laughs> I would say if anybody could do it, <laughs> if anybody could do it, it's LeBron because he's, uh, he's, he's played GM for sure. Um, so he could probably orchestrate it. Um, that would be, I mean, that would be uh, a pretty amazing thing. I don't know that that's ever happened. Um, probably never has. And probably, I mean, you got to think, you know, to play that long, to play as long as LeBron has played um, and to still be um, as great as he is is remarkable. Um, it's definitely, you could, you could tell some of the age, like his defense is not where it used to be. You know, it slipped, you know, a little bit. But um, he's still, you know, pretty dominant player. Still, You're still in championship contention um, if he plays, you know, the majority of a season, um, you know, or at least playoff worthy. If he's, if he's playing a lot of games, you know, you're, you're in it. Um, but that would be that would be amazing. I mean, especially when you think about what LeBron has meant to the game, um, it would be an amazing thing for him to be in the league long enough and dominant enough, and then to see his own son. Um, you know, even if his, even if him and his son don't end up on the same team, I mean, um, you know, just for your son to join the league even at the same time that you're in the league, um, you know, is great. We've seen father and son, you know, players, and you know, their their sons become NBA players. But I'm not sure that we've ever seen it at the same time. Um, so that enough is remarkable. If they end up on the same team, that's just that's that's crazy. That's a movie. Yeah, I mean it has happened in baseball, Ken Griffey Jr. and Senior, but in basketball, I, I would have to research that to see if that's ever done before. But that would be incredible, and I think it could be done. Especially, that's the plan. I know LeBron James doesn't just make plans just for her. He's not one of these people who just say, oh, I'm going to do this, and it sounds like a great idea, and then forget about it a month or two later. I know it's something that he puts as a plan and actually puts into action. So I could definitely see it happening. You know, he's, you know, Bronny's 17. He's he's going to be 18 next year. So it's definitely possible. Yes, and that's what I need to confirm because I couldn't remember whether or not Bronny was a junior this year or a senior this year. So he's going into his senior year. Yes, he's going into – he actually went to his uh, – he went to a junior-senior prom. So he actually is going into senior year next year. And the interesting thing is his date was a senior. So he could actually technically take her again if he wanted to next year. Mm-hmm. Because, wow. Yeah, so so he's got he, – oh, he's got the world in front of him. I just hope he stays focused. And speaking of opportunities, you know, he just got to stay, you know, focus on basketball, keep doing that. I did want to give his uh, brand a plug because of his entrepreneurial shift. He is a sponsor of 
well, I guess it should say PSDunderwear.com sponsors him. That's a boxer brief. So if you're interested in getting some really cool boxer briefs that, you know, from Bronny, PSDunderwear.com, check them out. And definitely, you know, he's been getting a lot of negative publicity. So I'm going to give him a, a shout out to, to get maybe some sales from that. But um, absolutely, way to go, way to go, Bronny. Hey, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think that I don't think that we will ever get to the place where we are running out of uh, running out of the need for underwear. So, uh, way to go, <laughs> yeah. Bronny. Way way to pick a product that's uh, that has some staying power. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You know, doing big things already. He's already learned it from his dad, so it's just unbelievable. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, right. and um. You know, Ronnie James is always welcome to to come on our show. I did um, let him know that we were going to have, you know, start up the show with with talking about this topic. So um, definitely it's pretty cool to have your dad in your ear. Exactly, exactly. uh, From from all I've seen, he's a a pretty remarkable young man. So, um, you know, just hope that he keeps, yeah, keeps his head above water, keeps doing the right thing. And um, he's got good guidance in front of him. But yeah, that's that's. I didn't know about the business, and I didn't know about the underwear. So that's uh, that's really cool. It is. It is I'll really pick up. cool. Yeah. So if you wear boxer briefs, definitely give yourself a pair. They're really cool. PSDunderwear.com. And definitely, um, we just uh had a sweep of the Warriors. You you're itching to tell me about your NBA playoffs first and foremost. What are your thoughts, Bruce, on the playoffs and how things work itself out? Yeah, the playoffs have been amazing. I think ratings are are, are pretty significantly from previous years. Um, <clears throat> so the playoffs have been, you know, really good. Um, congratulations to the Warriors, um, Steph, Clay, uh, Draymond, of course, you know, as returning players, but also some of the newer players, you know, Andrew Wiggins, who, you know, um, a lot of people didn't think, you know, whatever amount to anything, you know, after he kind of flamed out in his early years or people felt like he was overpaid because of his contract. They've got a lot of players. They've, they've been able to blend a veteran squad with some newer, younger players in a way that, you know, we haven't really seen. Um, you know, typically some teams, they want to tank and get all younger players with the hopes that in five, six, seven years, they'll be a, a, a really good team. Some teams go full veteran mode and they don't want any young players on their roster because they really want to chase that championship and they know they need veterans to do it. And the Warriors found a way to blend some veteran players with some younger players. And and, uh, Steve Kerr does a good job. um, And that coaching staff really does a good job. And then Steph Curry, just as a leader, um, you know, I don't think he gets enough credit for his leadership. Um, He is a quiet leadership, but it's a, I think it's a very intense one. And Draymond, of course, you know, is the voice, uh, but I think, you know, Steph's fire um, really does carry that team, the way he moves without the ball, the way he uh, puts effort on every possession, how much he's improved defensively, which nobody's really talking about. Uh, he um, He's 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 a really um, – he's a generational player, you know, and obviously he's changed the game in a lot of ways. I didn't pick the Warriors to go to the finals. I picked uh, Phoenix uh, to go to the finals, and – uh, obviously, they got beat by Dallas. Uh, I think the Fe- I think if Phoenix would have won a- against Golden State, it would have been a really, really good series. Um, but Phoenix didn't get the job done. So, kudos to um, you know to the Warriors 
Uh, and, you know, they, they, they deserve it. You know, they really deserve it. I didn't think they would beat Dallas. I actually, I think I picked Dallas to beat them. Um, uh, I, I thought that Luka was going to present, you know, huge problems for them. Uh, and I thought the rest of the players on Dallas's team would shoot well enough, you know, to be able to, to, to win. But, you know, just the experience, the savvy, um, you know, they, 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 they weren't going to waste this opportunity to get back to the finals. So they, they are, they are champions through and through six, six time getting to the finals in the last eight years. Um, it's just, it's in their DNA. Yeah, it, it's definitely remarkable that team making it to the finals. I agree with you. I, I didn't. And the way they've got to the finals sweeping, you know, this last series, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And, you know, we were just talking about LeBron James. Dallas, you know, Steph- Dallas got one game. Um, yeah, it was 4-1. Dallas got, got one game. but yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's right. right. I was just thinking about the, the bolts for a second. Yep. So mm-hmm. they did get one game. That's right. It's just amazing how they just, you know, just ran through them. And, you know, really with Stephen Curry and Steph Curry, he he really – he's a phenomenal player. He's getting better and better. We were just talking about LeBron James, you know, with Steph Curry in the league now doing his thing and making that those three-point shots. I believe he may have hurt LeBron as far as getting at least one or two rings. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think that – um, you know, kind of coming out of coming out of you know, I'm a, I'm a big basketball you know junkie. Coming out of 2014, <clears throat> you know, um, of course, um, the Heat won championships. LeBron and the Heat won championships in 2012 and 2013, and in 2014, um, they lost to the Spurs pretty handily. Um, but going into that off season before 2015. Um, you know, of course, Pat Rowley wanted to run it back, and then, um, you know, LeBron James decided he wanted to go home. He wanted to go back to Cleveland. Um, and, you know, pretty much everybody pretty much felt like, and they traded for Kevin Love, already had Kyrie there, that in the East, you know, there was nobody that was really going to challenge them to get to the finals. Uh, it was just a matter of whether or not who was going to come out the West. You knew that, you know, San Antonio had been there, but they were getting older and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, <clears throat> You know, the Warriors, you know, have a really, really good season. Steph Curry wins MVP, and um, they meet in the finals. And unfortunately, Kevin Love had gotten hurt in the playoffs, you know, leading up to the finals. And then Kyrie gets hurt in overtime. They go into overtime the first game, and Kyrie gets hurt in overtime. And, you know, and um, LeBron James had to do a lot more heavy lifting um, to, to try to keep up with that Warriors team, and he just couldn't do it. Uh, because they were too good and Steph Curry was too good. I still think it's a mistake that he didn't get finals MVP that year. Um, He should have gotten it. But, um, you know, and then the next year, Steph has, you know, the craziest, almost one of the craziest seasons I've ever seen from a basketball player, only player in NBA history to ever win a unanimous MVP in that 2016 season. So um, he's had a really, really good career. And obviously when Kevin Durant joined them, um, you know, they were they were gonna be, you know, almost impossible to beat. Uh you know, that was that was Voltron right there. So, um they were gonna be pretty impossible to beat then. So yeah, I, I think that Steph and the thing about it was it was 
it, nobody saw it coming. I think that's what made it, you know, you knew he was a really, really good player, great shooter, yeah, but, you know, you just really didn't see it coming that this guy would really challenge, you know, um, LeBron James in terms of, you know, who are who are the ones that are going to win championships during this decade. And, um, you know, obviously LeBron has been great throughout um, and then won again in 2020 during the um, pandemic season. But, um, yeah, I mean, Steph and the Warriors, they have, they have really, you know, challenged, you know, LeBron James. And obviously, like you said, you know, probably stopped him from getting one or two more championships. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, you know, Steph Curry's going to go down as probably the, the greatest shooter that ever lived in NBA history. I mean, he's just, he's just a mark. Absolutely. He, I, I think, I think, I think that's already decided. I think he is the best shooter in NBA history. He's the best shooter I, I've ever seen. Um, I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> he's changed. It's really, really, really is crazy. Um, um, I mean, it's almost like he's a, he's a better shooter than a lot of people are good at whatever they do. Like, you know what I mean? It's almost like he, his mastery of shooting is equivalent to like, almost like, you know, like Picasso's mastery of art, you know, it's, it's, it's that, yeah. it's that good. It's that good. Um, I've never seen anything like it. Um, and, and, and Clay, I think is almost just as good a shooter. The only difference is that I think, Steph is able to do it off the dribble um, and off the catch, whereas Clay is more so off the catch. Um, so, um, but yeah, Steph is, he's an amazing player and seems to be a pretty amazing person too. And I think that his leadership shows through on the team. Yes. Yeah, so they they'll exactly. Have, they'll, have their, they'll have their hands full with the winner of Miami and Boston who are currently playing, but they will, they will have their hands full with, with whoever that winner is. Although I think that they would beat, Miami pretty handily. Um, Boston would be the challenge. Okay, so that's interesting. I, I was thinking that you was going to say the Warriors going to beat either of the two, but you're saying Miami, no problem, but Boston, it is going to be a, a challenge, you're saying? I think Boston will be a huge challenge. Um, yeah, I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown um, are definitely capable of, you know, putting up points. Marcus Smart, is the defensive player of the year. Um, very good defender. Uh, Robert Williams, their big guy, very disruptive on defense. Um, they're just a really, really well put together team offensively and defensively. They are a, they're a lot bigger um, in size than the Warriors, but a lot of times when a team is bigger, they may suffer in terms of like their athleticism, but that's not the case with um, – with Boston, they're actually big and athletic. So it's like their size doesn't really slow them down. Their size, with their speed, is 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 um, it's it's disruptive. So they're a really good defensive team. Um, the Warriors, though, are a really good offensive team. Um, and actually, they don't get enough credit for their defense. But the Warriors are a really good defensive team too. They just they're just not as big as Boston. So I think that one would be a very very good match. It's the matchup I'm kind of hoping for. Um, because I think that's going to be the tougher where every game is going to be really good. That that's, and that's what I'm hoping the finals brings this year. Okay. So you want to see a competitive finals. You don't want to see the Warriors just take it 
and you want to see no. you want to see the Warriors get challenged. Yes, absolutely. I want I want the drama. I want to see some adversity. You know, you know. I mean, I would love to see you know Boston go up two games to one. You know, go you know home for game four. You know that kind of thing, where they have an opportunity to go up three one and see how the Warriors respond. You know, those kinds of situations to me, um, you know, test test the team. You know, it's funny because I was listening earlier to some sports shows and people were talking about. You know, Steph Curry, I think when the NBA did the top 75 players in history, they um, have uh, Curry ranked 16th. And they said, well, what if he wins the championship this year? Then, you know, does he bump up? And I think that I always say it's hard to say automatically. It just depends on how he, you know, let's say they win the championship, but he he has a poor series. And Clay is the one who really does well and Draymond and, and not really Draymond, he's not going to score a lot, but Wiggins, you know, somebody else on Golden State really carries it. I mean, I don't see that happening, right? I'm just kind of using a hypothetical <laughs> that hey, let's say they win the championship, but he plays a subpar series. Then I don't think people are going to be as gung-ho to move him up, you know, the all-time list. So it just depends on how he performs. And, again, particularly in, you know, if they face some adversity um, because – there's certain games where you need where your stars have to be stars. Your stars cannot afford to have a bad game um, because you know, and your team needs you to to be at your very best. And I think Steph, in my opinion, he's proven that when his team needs him to be at his very best, he can he can he can deliver. Um, but I think people are not as convinced because of the whole final MVP thing. In 2015, when they won, it went to Iguodala because Iguodala you know, supposedly <laughs> slowed down LeBron James, even though LeBron James had a dominant, you know, finals um, statistically. Um, and in my opinion, you know, Steph Curry was clearly the best player on the Warriors, clearly. It wasn't even as close. Um, you know, but he had a couple of bad games to start where the games didn't seem like they were good games, but he was dominant throughout the series. He doesn't get the finals MVP. Then the two years that Kevin Durant is there, Kevin Durant gets the Finals MVP both years, um, and and rightfully so. Um, Kevin Durant, you know, was was awesome in those series, um, and so yes, he has three championships, but he has no Finals MVPs. Although I think he should have had one, um, and so some people are still, uh, you know, I don't know if I want to bump him up, but if he gets a fourth championship and he plays well and he wins the Finals MVP, um, then I think that you know you have to start you know putting him up there with the upper upper echelon of players. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up because this was a question that came up today. Steph Curry is a top 10 player in the NBA history after making his sixth NBA Finals. The question is, is true or false? Do you think that's true or false? False. I don't. I mean, making it to the finals does not automatically bump you up in the top 10. People, people need to stop getting carried away. Stop moving. <laughs> stop moving too fast. Stop moving too fast. <laughs> um, there's been a lot, you know. <laughs> you know, I think they have Kobe. I think they have Kobe eleventh. Kobe has five championships, to my recollection. So let's not get carried away and bump him up in the top ten. And Kobe has five championships and might be the most skilled player in NBA history. Um, you know, Jordan's my favorite player. I think Jordan is the best player in NBA history. But um, you know, Kobe is Kobe was right there. I mean, so. Um, 
I think I have Kobe in my top 10. Um, and, you know, the top 75 list had him at 11. Um, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. But, again, he has an opportunity, you know, if he gets a fourth championship and he does so in some kind of dominant fashion. Because, listen, everybody knows, right, whoever they play, Miami or Boston, the game plan is the same. We've got to find a way to slow down or stop Steph Curry. That's how you know the great ones. Because the great ones, even when you game plan for them, you cannot stop them. Um, you know, you cannot stop a Kevin Durant, a Steph Curry, you know, a LeBron James. Doesn't matter what your scouting report says. You know, you're not going to stop them. So, we know that the scouting report is going to be try to slow down Steph Curry as much as possible, not let him get hot, not let him, you know, pick us apart. Um, you know, try to attack him on defense. You know, they'll they'll try to do all of that stuff. If he's able to withstand, overcome all of that, and have, you know, a very solid or dominant, you know, finals run, and they win you know, then you, you bump them up the list. But top ten is still – and it's not like, okay, here's what I always say. It's not like if you're, like, the 12th or 13th best player in NBA history. Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, that's not that's not an insult. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, not at all. That, that, yeah, I mean, that's pretty remarkable. When you talk about the top 75 players of all time, the NBA has been around since 1950-something. I mean, yeah. if you make the top 75 players out of thousands, probably tens of thousands of players who have stepped foot on the NBA court, you know, you're, you're, you're still pretty good. So, um, but I, I, think, I, I think he's a phenomenal player. Um, as far as point guards, you know, I think that's when you start talking about, okay, is he a top five point guard? You know, you got Magic, um, you got Isaiah Thomas, and, and I would say – Steph Curry is going to end up being right there either with Isaiah Thomas or ahead of Isaiah Thomas um, in terms of top point guards of all time. That's, that's, the, that's definitely the category that, that, you know, you could say for sure, all right, uh, there's probably no debate about that. Yeah, absolutely. You got that right. And, and I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. You mentioned Jordan's your favorite player. I that would assume that would be over LeBron James. Why do you say Jordan over or over LeBron James? Oh man, I I I I got Jordan over LeBron. I don't think it's as close as some people make it out to be. I I, I think Jordan, um, there was he was just different. <laughs> you know, a lot of these a lot of these young guys when they talk, they you know, as a compliment, they'll say he's he's different. You know. Jordan was different um, in every sense of the word. Um, he was just different. And, you know, the difference, I think, between the two was that Jordan was dominant, not just with his skill on the basketball court and what he did. Somehow he was able to dominate mentally. Um, there's a clip, I think it's Steve Nash, and he talks about when he came into the league. He came into the league, I think, in 96. He was in the draft with – Kobe and Allen Iverson and Ray Allen and them. And, and so that was the beginning of Jordan's second three-peat. And um, Steve Nash said, he said, I had never seen anything like it. He said, he said, Jordan, like he said, you literally feared him. Like he said, I'd never really been in a situation where I would see basketball players afraid of another basketball player. Um, and he said, but he had, he just had that kind of a presence. Um, on on the basketball court, and it, it you know as it was happening, 
you know, as a fan, I didn't necessarily see it that way. Um, but, you know, kind of looking back on it, there were times where you almost felt like, let's say, <laughs> the Bulls were down, you know, eight points with, you know, four minutes left in the fourth quarter, you know, where you almost felt like, ah, I think Jordan's going to pull this one out, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. You know, he, he just he just had that kind of – he gave you that kind of confidence in him that he could just do it. Um, and um, I, I think athletically he was amazing. Fundamentally, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for how, how fundamentally skilled he was. Um, handling the ball, being able to shoot the mid-range, you know, shoot from distance when he did take those shots, um, operate out of the post, you know, go left, go right, finish left, finish right. Um, you know, he just he, – he had it all. He he literally um, – I think I think it was Ray Allen who said – he said he had zero weaknesses. You know, as a coach, the, one of the things that you do is you try to find the weaknesses in a person's game. You know, what can't they do? you know, and you try to attack that weakness. You know, it happens all the time. And he really didn't have many weaknesses. Now, he had some matchups that gave him some problems. You know, there were some players that could, that could give Jordan fits, um, particularly like smaller players, quicker players like the Allen Iversons, you know, Stephon Marbury, those kind of players. They would give him trouble um, because they were shorter and quicker and, you know, just so, really explosive. But his IQ kicked in in a lot of ways too. And he just knew how to win. He knew how to win. And here's the one thing I always say about Jordan. Not only does he have the highest regular season scoring average in NBA history at, I think, 30.4 points a game, even over Wilt and other great scorers, he has the highest scoring average in NBA history for the regular season. But he also has the highest scoring average in NBA history for the postseason at 33.4 points a game. So he literally – you know, when the playoffs gets gets harder, defense gets harder, uh, defenses get tougher. It's it's they they the teams are playing you multiple times, so now the coaches can really lock in on you and zone in on you and what you do well and try to take away you know everything about you. You know, so for someone to go into the playoffs when it gets when it gets harder to score and raise his scoring average and do it consistently over the course of his career, um, you know, to me Jordan is is um, He's one of one. He's one of one. It's very hard for me to put anybody in his category. And and, and to three-peat twice, I mean, looking at even just this past year's playoffs um, and even the previous years, I mean, so this year you're going to have the Warriors and either the Heat or the Celtics. You know, um, last year, um, who was in it last year? Who won last year? Um, man, it's, it's amazing how quickly, <laughs> how quickly yeah. you forget. Um, I know the Lakers won in 2020 in the bubble, and then um, oh the Bucks, yeah the Bucks won last year, Milwaukee Bucks, yes, yes, right. uh, and oh, yeah, and now we're gonna have a new champion this year, right? So you know we've had some some years where different champions. I think before 2020, before the Lakers in 2020, it was the Raptors in 2019, um, you know, and in 2018 it was the the Warriors um, when they had repeated, but. It's hard to win one championship. It's really hard to win two in a row. And then to win three in a row is 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 crazy. And then the guy wins three in a row twice? I mean, I, I just it's <laughs> I just don't I think people have forgotten how dominant he was. It's 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 I don't I don't think in a team sport, 
I don't think that there's ever been a player who's had that level of dominance. Maybe Brady, you could you could say, but um, you know, because Brady does, I think, kind of have that presence about him where it's like it's almost like I remember the Super Bowl against Atlanta. I think I was at your house. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Super Bowl, the Super Bowl yeah, against Atlanta. Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, Atlanta was up twenty. Yeah, Atlanta was up 28-3, and um, once it was 28-10, I don't know, you just you, you saw a look in Tom Brady's eyes, and it was just like, this is something just clicked. <laughs> um, and this, yeah, and this is not going to end well for Atlanta. And then sure enough, you know, he, you know, he brings them back. So Brady might be the only person I could think of, you know, that, that kind of had that Jordan kind of presence. Um, but it's different. Basketball and football is a different game. So, you know, you know, football, you know, offense and defense, they switch. Basketball, you're on the court the whole time. So Jordan, you know, he was always on the court, always making his presence felt. Um, so that, I, that's why. Now, again, it's no slouch to be number two. You know, <laughs> LeBron, although <laughs> some people, I, I personally probably don't have LeBron number two, though. Um, but you know, general consensus is that LeBron is number two, and and I, I'm 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 good with that because he has been crazy phenomenal as well. Um, but that's no slouch. That's nothing to be uh, to sniff at it at all. You know, if you're second behind, you know, the goat. Yeah, I mean, you're right about that. It's well said. There's there's nothing wrong with that at all. Both of them have had some fantastic careers. And leaving a mark on the game, both inside and the court, on on the court and off the court, a fantastic career for both of them. But yeah, we Absolutely. we so glad that you uh, shared your story and told us your prediction. So you, if and that's one prediction I, I, we didn't get. If Boston does advance and they do face the Warriors, who do you think wins that series? Oh man. So the, 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 the basketball coach in me says that the Boston should win that series. Um, looking at their personnel, looking at what they can do both offensively and defensively, they should win. Um, I wouldn't pick them, though, to win. I, I, would pick, um, I would pick Golden State. I think that they just know how to win. They just know how to win. Um, and um, I think Steph Curry is just – I don't think – I think that, you know, he's salivating at this opportunity, and he realizes that it was hard to get here, and it's always hard to get here, and you don't want to waste these moments, and I think he's just going to be phenomenal um, in the finals. Um, I don't care what they try to do. I think that he's going to find a way to be phenomenal and be impactful like he always is. He's one. Of, he's probably the most impactful player in the NBA right now in the sense that when he moves, everything moves you know, because everybody's so scared of his shooting, um, you know, ability. So, and it opens up everything for that team. So I would pick the Warriors to win, um, even though, um, you know, I would I would say that Boston should win, um, you know, just from a pure technical standpoint. Yeah, that's a great choice. That's, that's who I have winning, too. I have, I have the Warriors winning. Whoever comes out of the East, I still have the Warriors winning. I just think they have the experience. I think you're right on paper. Boston should win. They will pose some a very good matchup, but I think at the end of the day, 
Steph, he knows, like you said, to your point, he knows that these chances are rare. You don't have to go through LeBron James. You gotta, you gotta bring home that. You gotta bring home the championship. That's that's his mentality. And I, I not only do I think that's his mentality, I think he wants to get that Finals MVP because that's something that he's made jokes about. But I know it's on his mind. Absolutely, yeah. He he, and and you know what? I, I like that about him. You know, I like that about any player. Like, you know, this is a competitive sport. And you want to win and you want to achieve, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to get the finals MVP. You know, I would want it. Um, I would want, I would want to earn it. You know, I don't want it to be given, but you know, you want to earn it. And I think he's going to be prepared to earn it. He's going to be prepared to play on offense and defense. I've been very impressed with the way he's been playing defense, but yeah, I think he's locked in. I think he is locked in and put it like this. If I, when I say technically Boston should win, they're going to have to, they're going to have to give it everything they've got because they're not – the Warriors are not a team that's going to beat themselves. You will have to beat them. You will have to be at your very best to beat them. Otherwise, you're going to lose. Yeah, that's right. It does. you got to be at your A-plus game to beat the Warriors. But it should be a, a great series and something we're looking forward to to see. And definitely, we appreciate you joining us. Bruce, any last words you want to give to the, the great listeners we have? Uh, no, just keep – uh, keep listening to um, to the show and keep calling in, and uh, I'll, I'll do the same thing every uh, when I, when I can, and, and be able to call in and uh, just talk shop. So, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you. Oh, we appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, and continue success. Thank you, Bruce. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Take care. All right. That was a great guest, Bruce Gellin. Make sure you guys listen out for him. And he's the NBA guru. Thank you so much for joining us, Bruce. And we're going to go ahead and bring on the man. <laughs> the second man of the hour is Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, I'm doing well tonight. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? Not too bad. Driving through um, somewhere in the middle of Georgia or southern Georgia right now, so um, not too bad. Uh, got a couple hours till we get to our destination, but um, doing pretty good for the most part. It's going to be a nice, uh, nice Memorial Day weekend. A lot of sports stuff going on. So, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, you're right. It is, it's going to be a great Memorial Day weekend. Hopefully, we both get some good weather. No rain. And um, a lot, a lot of things going on. I did want to get your thoughts on something. Is that what do you think the Bulls' chances are of winning, of winning this championship, making it number three? I think they're in great shape. I, I said this last week and even the week before that you know when they played Toronto, that was their biggest challenge. I think this playoffs. Um, you know they they went all the way to a game seven. It was a back and forth and. You know, Game Seven was really, you know, one of the one of the best playoff games I've seen Tampa play in a long time. Um, maybe, maybe as far as all their playoff runs, that was probably one of the the hardest fought games, just as the way they ended up winning it, um, having to really play defense, especially at the end of the game, and um, you know, getting some goals from a unlikely source, if you will. But yeah, I think once they got past that, and you know, now here we are. Where they're at, I, I just 
I felt like if they, I, I said this to you and Lou two weeks ago, I really felt that if they could get past Toronto, then they were in really good shape to be in the driver's seat the rest of the way. I mean, anything can happen, obviously, but I just feel like the momentum is on their side at this point, and it's really like a train on the tracks. You're not going to stop it at this point either. So. Yeah, I agree with you. I, th- I just think they're rolling. they got to keep up that momentum and keep winning. And, man, that would be something special to, to be a dynasty, part of a dynasty. That's great. And, you know, definitely I, I like their chances. I don't know if you saw that video, switching gears a bit, but I don't know if you saw the video with Tom Brady. Well, apparently he had an ace or a hole in one, but he got criticized because people were saying in the media that they felt as if he, he's just doing things to get clout. Do you think that's true? So, uh, I'm, I'm not quite following. The media was criticizing him for what reason? I, I'm not certain on that. An NFL, an NFL player was basically getting, criticizing Tom Brady because Tom Brady had basically filmed him taking a golf shot, and the, the shot allegedly went in. It kind of looked like it was it was from a drone, and it went in, and Tom Brady posted it. But he got criticized, and, and a lot of NFL players because they felt as if, okay, Tom Brady, you just posted stuff to get clout now. You know, kind of like I, I look at it as being jealousy. What are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, you know, you're gonna post. If they're saying he's just posting stuff to get attention, he's Tom Brady for crying out loud. I mean, he doesn't need any more attention. That's a really silly point they're trying to make there. Um, no, I mean, people are going to take cheap shots at people, and especially somebody like him who's, you know, won over the years. You can make the same argument probably with, uh, you know, Derek Jeter over the years he was with the Yankees, um, with Tiger Woods in the golf and uh, PGA Tour. You know, people typically tend to take shots at those who win a lot. Um, and typically they're shots that are not, you know, valid points. And I would say in this case, if, if that's all you have to go with is somebody taking a golf shot and posting it online, you need to come up with some better material than that. seems like that's a little bit of trying to, you know, grab the, co- uh, the, 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 the you know, the collars of Tom Brady and kind of use that to get your 15 minutes of fame. Um, to me, it seems like it's very cheap, but it's what it is. No, I agree with you. I, I- Tom Brady posted it to get clout chasing. Usually somebody who's clout chasing is you're trying to do something to get, make a name for yourself. As to your point, Tom Brady already has a name for himself and he doesn't really need to chase any clout. Do I think he loves the attention? Yes, I do. I do think Tom loves the attention. He loves being in the spotlight, but there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he's a great player. He's living it up while he's, he still can. So, and when you make a comment about Tom Brady posting stuff, to me, you look like you're the person who's jealous, not, you know what I mean? You like, you sound like you're a hater. Well, not only that, but, you know, it has the opposite effect of what that person wants it to have. You know, they're criticizing it to be negative, and all it's really done is added more publicity to it. And, you know, there's an old saying that there's really no such thing as bad publicity, so you've really defeated the point of what you were trying to make in the first place by even saying anything. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. And, and in fact, let me bring on our good buddy Lou. 
Let me do that right now. I know you was holding for a while, Lou. I'm glad you're here. How you doing, Lou? I didn't know you were having any guests. I'm sorry. I'm not at home. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, How you yeah. doing? All right. Okay. And yeah. uh, before anybody gets started or anything, if you're wondering about how you feel about the Rangers, I'll put it this way. I'm putting in the Messier guarantee for tomorrow. Really? <laughs> Yep. I'll update us on the Rangers. I guarantee a win tomorrow. Okay, guaranteeing a win. Or a Joe Namath on us here. Yeah. Well, it's a Messier guarantee because he guaranteed the game six win, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, I thought when he said it, I thought, like, now how are you going to do that? You're going to guarantee a win. And yeah, sure. Well, he did, and then some. I mean, he had the hat trick. Yeah, I mean, for your Rangers' sake, they oh, got to do something. No. That stunned me because, like, he only said, but he he delivered it. Yeah, they got to do something because they're down three to two. You think? Do you think they're gonna pull out the series? Yes, I do. We got a high okay. Now I knew this was not gonna be a series. No question about. It. I I knew that. I mean, because you know, both are good, both have good goaltenders. Both have you know good scores. You know, and they're, they're a pretty even match. It's a pretty even match. So I had I had a feeling this is not going to be easy for either for either team. No, it's definitely a, a definitely a grueling not series. No, I'm not surprised this at all. Oh wow! So you're saying they win tomorrow and Monday night? Yeah. I like your confidence. There well, you go. Confidence, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. The Messier guarantee. Man. So what makes you so confident? Ah, come on. I mean, we've been through the situation before, and if they can come back from 3-1 against the Penguins, who have been us before, I think they can, I think they can beat, you know, Carolina, Carolina too. He's been here before. I've seen him come back 3-1 and 3-2 many times before. So why did this need And besides that, we're at home tomorrow. This has been a home series so far. But I got my gut feeling that it's going to be a win tomorrow for sure and a win on game six at seven matter Monday night. Well, man, it's confident. What do you think, Aaron? From lying, I'm dying. Bye. I I, uh, I like the confidence, but I hope they live up to it for for your sake. But uh, you know, it's good to have confidence in your it's good to have confidence in your team. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's not batting the eye at all, man. Man, yeah. So you know, I mean, a lot of people are gonna think I'm crazy for saying, of course, but uh, you know, they don't know me like I know hockey. Yeah. You know. There you go. Yeah. And on the baseball side, you know, it's uh, very – it's been uh, quite a season so far for our New York our New York squads, both of them. Yeah, it has been. I mean, man, almost every time I get an alert, the Yankees are winning. Yeah. 
by the way, there's no Red fans over there, is there? No. Uh, uh, but you know what? The yeah. Braves are doing good. They're now second place. Well, I, yeah, but it's, it's such a horrible division, though, still. I mean, the, yeah, the Mets are the only team above 500 there. Everybody else is, like, second rate. Got a good point there, Lou. Everybody's got a losing record except for the Mets. But then again, the Braves have been there before, too. I think the Braves are going to be fine. I think well, they're more proven. They're more proven, I think, than the Mets. I mean, the Mets definitely are doing their thing. But I think for the long run, the Braves have been there. Yeah. And I, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, I think the Mets are definitely in a better position now than they've been in the past couple of years. Uh, because of the stability with Buck Showalter. Um, but, you know, the big thing right now is, and, and these next six-day weeks are going to really determine probably the direction they go. If they can stay pretty stable without uh, DeGrom and without Scherzer, if they can stay, you know, kind of in that top rung, if you will, they're going to be in pretty good shape. But um, a lot of things can happen. And really, you know, they didn't fall off the map really last year until about, mid to late July, so, you know, a lot of things could happen in the next four months of baseball being played, so. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but they're already making moves. They're doing better. They, they being the Braves. Yeah. Well, from, you know, from a few weeks ago, yeah, anything is an improvement. Unless you're the Reds, of course. Ooh, boy. Well, funny enough, they tore the Cubs up pretty bad. Uh, I think it was yesterday. It was like 20 to 5 or something like that. So, now, how do you explain that when a team has been so pathetic and they they got 20 runs yesterday? I, I don't get that. You know, that, that's a good question. I, I remember um, in the early 2000s, Baltimore was a really bad team. I mean, they've been a really bad team for the most part. They still are. For most, for most of the last 20 years, they had. Buck Walter had them in good shape about I don't know, 10 years ago, um, but they played Atlanta, they played Atlanta um, really well in, I want to say, 2001, or maybe it might have been 2000, and they had a, a game yeah. where they put up 20 runs, so it happens sometimes. Every now and then, it's like backing a, a wild animal into a corner. They're going to, you know, they're going to burst out at some point. Yeah. 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 I agree. Like in baseball, sometimes matchups make a difference. I remember when the the they Rays can, used to play the Yankees, and they used to always have the Yankees number for some odd reason. Yeah. But yeah, and the Padres have the best season since '98. Yeah, San Diego was in a good spot last year, though, and they they, they imploded. That's probably one of the most surprising implosions I've seen because their pitching staff on paper last year, especially, I mean, with all those. Arms they added, they should have been. They probably should have been uh, right up there where the Dodgers the were, but you know they fell apart late. Yeah. yeah you yeah, definitely want to get hot know, at the end of the season. Big surprise right now, I think. Yeah, you definitely want to get hot. So, uh, yeah. Baseball to go though. Yeah. Oh yeah. And of course, we got the big race this Sunday. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? 
Well, it's one of the few reasons I followed, but there was also um, one of the Andretti boys, you know, um, uh, had a had a problem with the car and he escaped with that uh, injury, though. But still, how that uh, happened, oof. I'll explain more in detail if you're calling tomorrow. So uh, it should be a very interesting show because I'll, I'll cover with the Indy 500 and whatnot. There you go. Tell them, tell them what else you're going to do on the show. All right. Well, of course, we're going to talk about the NBA and NHL playoffs. Um, by the way, the Warriors are going back to the finals. Yep, so that's right. Out, we'll, yeah, well, Warriors all the way. Uh, we'll also recap um, – Last week's uh, Preakness and uh, PGA Championship. Maybe some French Open tennis along the way. And, uh, of course, uh, baseball, boxing, and the uh, USFL. So, um, we're going to call. It's um, 512-543-4662 from 5 to 7 East Coast time. So, I hope to hear from you. And, uh, well, if not, then happy more other weekend, guys. But I hope to hear from you tomorrow. Great, Lou. We'll make sure to do that. 512-543-4662. You're welcome, Lou. Appreciate you. Have a good night. <laughs> yeah, Fred Lou. Really appreciate him. Definitely. He's a he's a Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show guru. Really appreciate you calling in, Lou. And, yeah. I did want to get your thoughts on that. You're, you love golf just like I do. Justin Thomas, JT, won the PGA Championship. Your thoughts on Justin Thomas winning? Yeah, it was um, really, uh, it was a three-horse race at the very end there. And then, um, uh, who's the guy, uh, who's the kid, uh, Pereira, who's going to pronounce his last name? He had a a, a one or two-shot lead, and he just kind of imploded on the last hole. And, you know, Justin Thomas is obviously been around a little bit longer, so his experience really kind of played to his advantage. So it was, uh, it was a good good, uh, good ending to a tournament. Um, I, w- I personally wanted to see somebody who hadn't won before um, come out with it, but, um, you yeah, know, that's what golf's all about a lot of times. Sometimes those guys that have that extra, you know, leg of experience are going to be the ones who are going to, you know, pull it out. And I think next time around, um, you know, again, I think I'm pronouncing his name incorrectly, but I think it's Pereira. Um, you know, he'll he'll have had that practice for what to do in that spot. He just seemed like he got nervous and tensed up, and that that drive on 18 was really what killed him because it went into the went into the little creek there, um, just shy of uh, coming around the corner from being able to basically see all the way to the green. And once that happened, it was like, okay, game on. Just Thomas has a chance to win this thing, and. Then it went to the three-hole playoff, and that was pretty much it. So, Yeah, and, and that's the thing. You know, one of the crazy things is I could just tell with the other two guys that they were just coming up to the ball, setting up. They just looked very nervous, and that it spoke volumes. Their body language, and, and not to say they didn't have they didn't have a right to be nervous, but I think it was just overly nervous. And Justin Thomas actually shanked his shot, and he still ended up winning because the other guys, they did so poorly in their last 18 holes, let the nerves get the best of them, and that's really what happened. It was Will, 
Dallas Morris in the three-hole in the playoff and Nitro Nitro Pereira. One thing is, um, Mito, he's the one who looked very, very nervous. And he said he was nervous throughout the whole playoffs, throughout the whole experience. I'm like, you're already in, in day four. What is there to be nervous about now at this point? Just play your game. You're doing great. But you, like you said, experience played a factor, and JT won away with it. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. It's also a mental game, probably as, as much as any sport out there. Um, you know, you second guess yourself. You, you start letting the other guy and his experience get in your mind, and you know, before you know it, you, you shank a shot like you did on 18, or you know, you over over tap a putt, or you under hit a putt, and you know, suddenly it all spirals out of control. You go from having a couple stroke lead to suddenly being down by a stroke or two, and that. That's really what played out on Sunday. So, um, you know, sometimes it's a game where you lose. You, you, there's no defense in golf other than trying to mentally stay focused so that you're not running into a situation where you're losing the mental game, which is a big part of the, the sport. No, you're absolutely right. Because uh, Mito, the one who hit the drive at 18, he looked – I kind of could tell he wasn't going to play that whole well. He looked – I caught the, I watched it live towards the playoff, and it just, he looked so nervous. I was like, there's no way you're going to play this shot this whole well, and lo and behold, he, he didn't. He did not play it well. His confidence did not, it was all shook. JT did, did his thing, and I actually was, I was glad that JT won that PGA tournament, because great things happen to people who take pictures with Allen. <laughs> I die, you. <laughs> Great thing to have the people who take pictures with Alan. He took a picture with me. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> during the Valspar practice round, and he almost he he did really well in that that tournament. He actually did. He was in the running up until the very very end, and he didn't win it. But I believe I'll double check it. But I believe he was in the top five or uh, top five or seven. But he was in contention towards the very end. And this one here, he ended up winning not even like a, a little over a month later. So I was glad JT won. Congratulations, Justin Thomas. Great things happen to people who take pictures of me, you know? That's what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go right there. <laughs> it's good karma. But, uh, yeah, so congratulations, JT. But yeah, it's it's uh, been awesome, and definitely I wanted to make sure. Yeah, I didn't want to take up too much of your time because I know you're you're driving. Any thoughts that you want to leave our great fans? Yeah, um, this is a great weekend for sports. So obviously, um, you know, from the baseball side of things, we're obviously a little behind uh, this year just because we had the work stoppage. The season is not quite as far in as it normally is. Normally we're a third of the way by Memorial Day. We're at about a fourth of the way at this point. So, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of good baseball left to be played. Um, Memorial Day is always a fun weekend too, because there's a lot of special events to go on around baseball. You've got a lot of games to go on on Memorial Day. There's special events for, you know, military families and, um, you know, Baseball is a national pastime, so it kind of fits. Um, but then as, uh, as Lou was bringing up there earlier, too, you know, 
biggest event that goes on in sports on Memorial Day is the Indianapolis 500. It's such an iconic event. And um, it's a bucket list thing for me. I would love to be up there at some point in Indianapolis. Um, one day I will get there. Um, I think it's better an event than Daytona, personally. But I, I'd love to get up there at some point. I think it's a lot of fun to watch. And I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know if this will happen, but I, I'd love to see history made uh, with Helio uh, Castroneves. He has a shot to win his fifth Indy 500. That's never been done before. There's four guys, including him, that won four of them. He was the most recent one to do that last year. And I'd love I just history is something I like. I'd love to see somebody break that record. And um, I think he has a good shot tomorrow to do it, or Sunday rather to do it. So, um, but a great a great event overall. The cars are you know safer now than they were a year ago, and they're a lot safer now than they were 20 years ago. So. It's just a fun event. Um, it's really one of those things that uh, I would encourage people who maybe don't know a lot about it to, to, to watch. Uh, there's just so much history around it, and um, you get to see some of the finest machines in the world out there on the track going, you know, 240 miles an hour. So yeah, and you said that you said the Indy is more excited than NASCAR. I, I've always liked the open wheel uh, type of racing. Uh, better than NASCAR. Don't get me wrong, I like them both a lot, but there's just something different. The, the hair on your neck stands up higher on on a on a on an open wheel racing car um, as opposed to NASCAR. Now, I'm not saying that there's nothing anything wrong with with the NASCAR side of things. Just something that's a little bit different about it. And um, you know, you look at the body of a of a of a NASCAR, and they've changed a lot over the last 30 years, but not necessarily as significantly as what you see with the um, with the Indy cars. Uh, the safety that they put into them um, used to be where your entire, you know, head and helmet was exposed to the elements, and you had some major injuries and even some deaths because of that. And now they have added in the last year or two uh, more of a compartment around the driver for safety. That doesn't mean they still can't get hurt, but it's really um, – made the drivers, of course, a lot safer, and, of course, um, changes the sport a lot, too. So, uh, But it's just it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, I've gone back, I mean, I, I go back to the late 80s when I started really getting into it, and, you know, the, the nice thing about it, too, just like NASCAR, there's a lot of generational uh, people in it. You've got some big names in it, some wealthy names in it. You've got uh, David Letterman. Um, of course, you've got uh, Roger Penske. He's been in IndyCar and, and all that for over 50 years now. Uh, he's kind of like the, you know, the Jerry Jones or the George Steinbrenner, if you will, of, of IndyCar. So it's just it's a neat thing to watch. Um, it's a neat thing to get into and, and to see. Again, 240 miles an hour. I mean, I'm I'm driving 82 uh, right now. Uh, not not that anybody needs to know that, but that's three times as fast as I'm driving currently. So I can't imagine. Can't imagine what that would feel like, and then going into a, a you know a corner and, and breaking it probably 175 miles an hour kind of thing. So <laughs> yeah, that is, that definitely is fast. And and to your point, I definitely love what NASCAR and Indy are doing. You know, when I went to the Daytona 500, you could tell that the cars are made safer. They've taken the Hans to another level. And they made it so that if the car does collapse, that the driver's safer. They, they've done a lot of improvements. I mean, obviously, 
you're still going over 200 miles an hour, something can still happen. But I feel as if they, they're doing their very best to limit that as much as possible. The car catches fire. They try to make it so it, it catches maybe the, the driver's side is safe. So they are doing their part. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, and, you know, the thing about the, the Ford, too, the technology side of it is, is we've learned from, whether it's IndyCar or NASCAR, we've learned from some of the tragedies that have happened, um, you know, ways to keep the car on the ground and not, you know, fly up into the air, the safer barriers. Um, you know, the, the Hans device obviously is, is really, you know, uh, evolved in the last 20-plus years. It's Dale Earnhardt, of course. Um they, they've mandated that, uh, especially in NASCAR. And so, it, 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 you know, the safety of it is a lot different. You go back to the 90s, um, and some of the accidents that you would see now would have been probably fatal back then. So it has drastically changed, and for the better, obviously. So, Yeah, so we definitely want to see a great, safe ride. And um, <laughs> we want to make sure that you get to your destination safe and sound and have a lot of fun. And I know that you're going, to be sharing, <laughs> you're going to be sharing a lot of pictures of, of the sports stuff with us, too, along your journey. So we appreciate that. But definitely we want to – I'll finish up tonight, and I'll let you go with your, your family and, and drive safely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I'll be back again uh, normal time next week. Uh, we'll have another great show. And thanks for, uh, thanks for allowing me to come on for a little bit here tonight. You have a great evening. You do the same, Aaron. Thank you so much, and definitely safe driving. Enjoy yourself, buddy. Will do. Will do. We'll be in touch. <laughs> no problem. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So that's my co-host there, Aaron. Nice of him to join us on the road to Atlanta. He was out of town, and he said he was going to call in. He sure did. Definitely appreciate my co-host Aaron coming in. And Lou, we also had our great guest, Bruce Gellin. And I did want to promise you guys I was going to talk about the Devontae Davis and Rolando Romero prediction. Before I give you the prediction, I just want to say I got to give more so Rolando Romero credit. Rolando Romero, to me, was an annoying guy that did have some wins, 14 wins. He did have some knockouts. And all truthfully honest, I didn't think, number one, that he was going to really pose a threat to Tank Davis. And number two, I really didn't think that this fight was going to do too well. Obviously, people like myself who are in the boxing world are going to watch it, whether it's a, a hit, a flop, or not. I'm going to watch it anyway. But no kidding aside, I got to give Rolando Romero credit. Not only does he did a great job promoting his fight, and he made me into a believer. And I don't think, when I say he made me into a believer, I don't think this is going to be a slam dunk on Tank's side. I really thought it was going to be just a slam dunk. Here comes a guy just talking a bunch of junk, spitting out all these insults, talking a big big mouth, and then won't back it up with the, the boxing skills. I do think Rolando Romero can give Javante Davis some trouble he does have some punching power. I definitely do think that could be an issue. But, uh, you know, props for selling a fight. It's very entertaining, these press conferences. Having said that, 
Javante Davis needs to keep his IQ up. I definitely do think he's the more polished, the more knowledgeable, more boxing IQ, more technically sound, and smarter fighter. I think he needs to use all of those skills to beat Rolando Romero. If he does not do that and he lets, you know, he lets Rolando get in his head in the boxing ring or he lets Rolando make this more into a brawl rather than a fight, I think Rolando can win this fight. You know, Javante has to be smart. It's going to be a different type of fight because when he fought Santa Cruz, not the last Cruz, Santa Cruz, he kind of walked him down. Santa Cruz did not have the power. So even when Devontae Davis landed a vicious uppercut, uh, Cruz landed like two or three punches, and then Devontae Davis just loaded up and hit him with a massive uppercut. If you have punching power, you're gonna, you can hurt Devontae Davis. And I think Rolando does have punching power. Having said that, my prediction is still going to be on Devontae Davis. Because of his IQ and his boxing skills, I think those are going to reign supreme. I do believe if Rolando does not knock him out, let's say by the fifth round, the pressure that Rolando is going to feel is going to be overwhelming. And I think combined with Devontae Davis' skill, the rounds are going to go more and more and just be money in the bank for Devontae Davis. And if he's not lucky, I just think the pressure is going to be too much. Rolando said first-round knockout. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Devontae Davis is going to win by a tremendous scorecard. Unanimous decision is what I feel is going to be. I don't think Devontae Davis will knock out Rolando Romero, but I think he's going to win almost every round is what I think. And Rolando, if he's going to win, the only which I think, again, don't bet on us. This is my prediction, but I do think Javante Davis wins this fight. But I do think if Rolando is going to have a chance to win this fight, he's got to have to be gruff and rough type of fight, and he's going to have to just keep swinging and hope that he does catch Javante Davis. Javante Davis does have some defensive lapses. That's one thing that Mayweather reigns supreme over Javante Davis is in the defense. Javante Davis does have good defense. It's not great defense. And I think Rolando, if he does land a punch, a couple of punches, he could hurt Tank Davis. So I got Javante Davis winning, but I would not be surprised or shocked if Rolando did win this fight. I definitely do think Javante has to fight a smart fight and stick to the boxing skills. Don't deviate from that. And if, if he does that, especially being that Devontae Davis said this in a press conference, that he feels as if Rolando Romero is a dumb fighter. He did. I would, I would agree with that to, to some degree, but a dumb fighter can still hit you. So you got to be the smart fighter. You got to use your techniques. If you do that, you win. You don't, Rolando would win this fight. So I got Tank Davis winning by unanimous decision. 12-round fight, I'd say Tank is winning at least nine in them, nine in the rounds, maybe ten. Nine or ten rounds. And that's what I've, I feel is going to happen. But, yes, we have Memorial Day weekend this weekend. We have Memorial Day on Monday. Definitely, if there's a time for you to try some great barbecue sauce, 
It is the time this weekend. Go to FloridaBBQSauce.com, FLBBQSauce.com. Get yourself some Chef G's barbecue sauce. Amazing. Try all four flavors or try them each individually to your liking. If you like, go to our website at Allen and Aaron. Dot com, uh, Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show on Facebook. You'll see the links there to Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addictive, you may need a support group. So try it on some burgers, try it on some ribs. I know I'm going to do that before, you know, during Memorial Day weekend. Have yourself some great barbecue, folks. Support Chef G's Barbecue Sauce. We do have some great people that have been supporting him. Keep on supporting him. I know you'll be appreciative of it. I once again want to thank all of my great guests, Bruce Gellin, for joining us on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Definitely want to thank him. Want to thank Lou, great guy, great calling guest. Make sure you guys support Lou. Show is Saturday from 5 to 7, Eastern Standard Time Zone. Definitely want to thank Aaron for making it. It's a great show. And joining us tonight, Joining us on the road in Atlanta, driving 82 miles an hour, like you said. And definitely, absolutely want to thank Chef G's sponsor of tonight, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. But I also, more importantly, want to thank you guys, the listeners, and the supporters. And, oh, we love you guys. All the likes, the comments, it keeps us motivated. It's, it's like a relationship. You guys push us. And we push you back by giving you great content. So we really appreciate all the love and support. Thank you so much for listening to Alan and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Again, you can write down our number, 516-418-5572, 516-418-5572. If you ever want to call in and chime in, that's our number. Please like our Facebook page at Alan and Aaron Sports Radio Show. And please follow us on iHeartRadio. Definitely looking forward to the next show. Really appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Have a safe, great Memorial Day weekend. Want to thank all of our people in the military. And we definitely want to say our prayers and condolences to all the families that were lost in that horrific tragedy this week. Definitely our prayers and thoughts are for you. I did want to end on a moment of silence for that. We also did have uh, unfortunately, another passing, Ray Lyota, Lyota, I'm sorry, Ray Lyota, an actor, passed away. The Shoeless Joe Jackson, Feel the Dreams. So definitely our prayers and condolences to the Ray Lyota family and all the victims of the Texas school. So I'm going to say a moment of silence. Thank you guys so much for joining us on the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Thank you for listening to the Allen and Aaron Sports Podcast. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.